Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the From the Back Tees podcast, a podcast from the Back Tees. I am your co-host, Jerry Lou, and with me as always is Zachary Penser. Zach, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I am all right. Do not nobody worry about me, por favor. We have a third voice on the line tonight. It is, we're bringing him back for round two. He is our, our get of gets, and he is getting gets of gets. Zach, will you please introduce who's joining us for our PGA Championship Whatever Extraordinaire Preview? Joining us is Tucker Dale Booth. Oh, back again. I weaseled my way into another podcast. Yes. <laughs> well, Hi, Mom. Up. Yeah, uh, hopefully your mother's listening and she got that. Uh, it was a great Mother's Day weekend. Don't know about you guys. Uh, my mother came to visit me and we uh, had a good time down here on the Southern Oregon coast farting around. So uh, how about you fellas? Anything special happen? Anything special mom related you want to share? Yeah, I was out in Toronto, so I got to see the Blue Jays. Nothing mom related, though. No, mom's not a baseball fan or what? No, she's on the other side of the world, actually. Oh, understood. She'll be back. my mom was in san francisco working with my wife and both my mom and my baby mama came home on sunday and they came to my son's baseball game which they won 12 to 1 going into the playoffs on a hot streak and then we took them out to dinner and mom and wife said it was a great mother's day i actually blew my weekend's paycheck on the moms for once didn't didn't skimp on the gifts and everybody was satisfied you know, big fattening dinner. Everybody's happy, man. Good stuff. That's great. That's real great. Well, I mean, obviously, none of us could be here for work for the moms, and that's just nothing to bloviate. That's a uh, that's a literal scientific, medical, and it's just a fact of facts. So, uh, wanted to make sure we, uh, since we haven't talked about the mothers of the relatives yet, we get that in there. But uh, we got the PGA Championship coming up. We got Tucker here, Zach, who is. Uh, doing all sorts of great things, and while I thought you and I were making some good headway, like right when we were getting to know Tucker, I'm like, oh my god, Zach, Ron Mintz is following me on Twitter, why is he doing this, this is a delight, I love Ron Mintz, then all of a sudden, like two weeks later, more things unfold in terms of all these great things that um, that Tucker uh, is unveiling, just in terms of uh, just great conversations with lots of very eclectic and uh, very uh, pivotal people in the industry, so we're not really going to talk about the tournament that or Byron Nelson, God rest his soul, and the, formal, the artist formerly known as the Texas Open. It used to be a pretty big deal. Now it's one of those run-of-the-mill tournaments that 23 under won last year, 23 under won this year. Save for Jordan Spieth not embarrassing me. It was pretty, you know, run-of-the-mill. But other than that, uh, we got Tucker here, Zach. What do we want to talk about with Tucker? So uh, we're going to be talking about the big event this week, the PGA Championship at Beth Page Black. Should be... A lot of interesting storylines. I guess the first one to bring up is that up until Justin Thomas withdrew a couple of days ago, all the top 100 players would have been in it. I heard this is like the first PGA Championship that is fielding, or first major in so long where there's fielding zero amateurs also. So, I mean, there's always a couple kicking around. So Yeah, there's some PGA professionals, but no amateurs. Oh, so that's, that's what you wanted to lead off with? It wasn't John Daly taking a cart for his arthritis? That is a good point. It might be him. What are your takes on that, guys? Well, I'll jump in. I'll jump in on John. I think if anybody deserves a damn cart at the PGA Championship, it's John F. and Daly. If this were anybody else, we would not even... They would never cut anybody else this slack anymore. Casey Martin had to sue the PGA to get a cart. John Daly. Golf. <laughs> that's right. John Daly offers him a, a you know a carton of Pall Malls, and they're all in on it, man. I mean, anything he can do to make this happen, we want to see him. I mean, the, the the term Happy Gilmore gets kicked around a lot, but I dare say on this tour, the Happy Gilmore of golf is John Daly. He's the, oh, yeah. the collar people's champ. People want to come see him succeed. They want to see him fail. They want to see him be the crazy guy that he's going to be. And if he can't walk down a hill because his body's messed up, I, I don't see any problem with this. I mean, he said in his own words, I can walk up a hill, but when I walk down a hill, I could break my leg or whatever. I, if that's the only reason, I don't feel like this gives him some huge advantage. Nobody thinks he's going to win this thing, right? I mean, <laughs> I I was just about to say, what if he wins it though? What if that? What if? What if he has like four Rory Sabatini rounds, like first rounds, all of a sudden, 
and lights it up on the front nine of every single round, who knows? I mean, then we'll be talking about something different. Well, then the haters are going to say that it was an unfair advantage and everybody else is going to go, holy cow, thank you, Lord, that Happy Gilmore has come back from the grave. I mean, that's how it's going to go, right? I mean, the, he's the people's champ. I mean, we can say Tiger is the people's champ, but there's, you know, 50% of the population hates this guy and roots for his demise. John Daly, I dare say, if you're a golf fan, 80, 90% of these people want to see him succeed and the rest think he's a clown. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, am I right? Yeah, besides Tiger, do you think John Daly would draw the biggest attention to winning? I don't know about winning, but there, he's a carnival sideshow. You know what I mean? Like, Tiger is a carnival out there. He's he's the carnival sideshow. You want to see the clown prince, and then you want to see the actual prince. And, God, if they could just get put together in the first round, that would be the greatest <laughs> first round in history. But, you know, that's not going to happen. So, you know, you take what you can get. Well, this might be bearing a little bit of a lead to one of my picks, but I want to bring it up right now in terms of we're talking about, like, so who could win or who should win it. And, Zach, if you could, while I'm saying this, because uh, I don't have it in front of me, uh, maybe you know off the top of your head, what are John Daly's odds? I just need to know his odds. I think it's like a 1,000 to 1 or something crazy like that. Because I'm just starting to do the what if he wins. Because, honestly, going into this week, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, me, Mr. Yeah, I have a love affair for Tiger or whatever. It's not true. I was thinking, well, if we're going to have our best slam fun or whatever, let's pick Tiger to win this one. Why not? It's Beth Page. You know, they've only had three majors there. I mean, or two. Yeah. Is the third. Yeah, 02, 09, U.S. Open. But but at any rate, it's uh, it's obviously a bomber's delight, like I've said before. But the person I was going to bring up who is going off as, I'd say, the best value, and New York loves him, and he loves New York at 70-1, to Phil Mickelson. Now, I think who would be a better winner for this tournament? How about him completing his Grand Slam in his late 40s in the place that have that has adopted Phil Mickelson for whatever damn reason they have. I mean, for New York being all like hard hard scrabble and like you know like they have the most passionate fans. I mean, I've been to pretty much almost every major metropolis that has passionate fans. They're all pretty passionate. I've seen Philadelphia people burn Atlanta gear just because they were legally selling it outside their stadium. Okay, you want to talk about passionate fans? New York's great. A lot of other things come to mind. Passionate fans, golf. Look, Beth Page is great. There's not much good public golf in New York, and this course who's only, like, got on the radar in 2002 with the U.S. Open uh, where Tiger won, which I think Phil took second or third to in that tournament also. I mean, it's just, it's going to be a big hitter to win it, and that's why, I mean, it, uh, uh, Phil is on the record of saying, so long as the rough is easy, and, like, and he's keeping in the fairway, and he's, like, not really too all over the place, Phil has as good a chance as anybody. Mark my words, he is going to have, like, a 66 or a 67, I bet, one of those rounds. Yeah, I saw the uh, the greenskeeper, the course designer um, from Beth Page interviewed yesterday on Golf Channel, and even by his own definition, the rough is juicy and thick, but not unplayable. So they're not trying to torture these guys. They're trying to make sure that people can score, and obviously because of its length and its difficulty, you're going to see the usual suspects near the top of the leaderboard at the end of this. This isn't going to be some random person from way back in the you know world rankings probably winning this thing but well, like lover in 2009 yeah although that was weather related you got to go back and remember That's that true. was a torturous weather related scenario there and phil was knocking on the door but then they kept me in delays kept me in delays they come back out and then they have to go back lucas got very hooked up by the weather that year and i'm not trying to take anything away from lucas i always root for the guy I feel like he's kind of another one of my underdog champs I would root for. But the weather helped him out. That that weather was flawless. I, I don't think we'd be talking about Lucas Glover as a champ in that regard at Beth Page. But again, not unplayable rough. This isn't like a U.S. Open where you hit it in the rough and good luck. you got to hack it out in four strokes or whatever. You know, this is uh, this is set up so that they can play it. And they moved it up in the year so that it's more more gettable. You know, it's not the middle of summer where everything is baked out and hot. If anything, the only thing they're battling right now is that it's going to be cold and potentially mm -hmm. raining. You know, it's been raining all week. They say the forecast looks good, but, you know, it's yeah. going to be chilly. It's going to be chilly. Tiger's back's going to not be feeling as loose as it probably would be in the middle of summer and sure. so forth. So that's going to be the difference, I think, is just that they're not used to this chilly weather conditions and, you know, kind of temperamental New York weather. What's yeah, that? one one uh, thing I think is pretty telling on the whole thing is I saw on golf dot com or golf odds that the odds on the the over under on the winning score is minus seven and a half. 
I was going to say, I mean, that, oh. I could foresee solid scoring going on at this U.S. Open. I mean, it's seven and a half, though. That's pretty, that's robust. I mean. Yeah, so they're I, expecting, I they're expecting guys to definitely break par. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well, so, Zach, I mean, I wanted to ask you, because uh, you and I barely chatted about this, and we definitely didn't want to do it completely on the fly on the show, but what, being uh, one of uh, our neighbors to the north and fairly close to New York and whatnot, and being a golf fan, what's your knowledge and what's your relationship with Beth Page Black? So, not not too much, I guess. We're, like you guys, I guess, we're not as familiar. We don't get around to there, but we do know it's typically a very tough course, very long and uh, I guess to me, it's a bit disappointing that they expect the winning score to be in the negatives, because I always prefer when it plays tough and these guys struggle. Well, I guess I, I apologize. I should have prefaced it more to say I wasn't saying what is the, asking what what's the what's what's Canada's view on Beth Page? I was just asking you because I remember when I was texting you saying like, "Hey, bone up on Beth Page. I got some fun stuff to talk about." And you're like, "Oh, I definitely need to." And I was just like. Wait, am I just a Beth Page nerd? Because like in 2002 was my junior year of high school, or it was you know, it was summer going into senior year of high school was just starting. So it's like my golf radar was at like a full like swivel, like all my antenna was up, and it was Tiger's second major. And I remember it was a little soggy at that uh, U.S. Open too, and I remember distinctly. This is a random tangent, but I'm glad I'm thinking of it now. Tiger broke his three wood on the range or something in one of the uh, in like either the first or second round. I remember watching the video. He took a big swing, and he like kind of went down to look at his club, and it was just sitting there teetering like he was holding the shaft up, and it was just kind of dangling a little bit. And he played that round without a three-wood, and he admitted, like he said tongue-in-cheek, he's just like, oh, I just got a little armsy with the driver because I had to you know, turn around the trees or whatever. Like He essentially played one of those rounds of the 2002 U.S. Open at Bethpage Black without his three-wood, which was he was the guy who coined like the 300-yard three-wood at the time. Like The three-wood was his lethal weapon because he never was really accurate or terribly long with the driver. And he uh, managed to go out there and shoot like a 68 or something sans three metal. So that's a. I'm I'm happy to see Beth Page on the U.S. Open circuit now. I'm I guess the purest in me is unhappy that it takes the Zach Johnsons out of it because and still nobody's talking about it. This could be our hot taker, our one little nugget that our website swirls around is nobody's talking about the tenth hole, the par four tenth hole. I don't know how long it is, but it's a 290 carry to reach the fairway. That. <laughs> What is Jim Furyk gonna do? Just hit and find a drop area? I mean, what do we what do we do for these guys? I mean, it's and nobody talks about it. And, and you hear like guys like in the past John Daly gripe and other people gripe about the speed of the greens, the length of the rough, or whatever. But really, what we should gripe about sometimes are the parameters of a hole that cannot be altered or played with. I mean, I think again, guys, it's trying to make sure one of the top dogs is in the driver's seat for this because that drives ratings. PGA is desperate to have good ratings because they've dipped. Thankfully, Tiger won the Masters, so now people give a crap about this tournament more than they would have, you know, was Frankie Molinari is the favorite or whatever. Ouch. So that, that I mean, I, I love you, Molinari, but you're not driving ratings here on television. Uh, and another guy that's going to be penalized by not being a long hitter, you know, that that's what I'm getting at is they mm-hmm. want to make sure that the guys that are in this thing down the stretch – can drive it at least 300 yards, and that eliminates so many of these cats, but it means Rory, DJ, Tiger, Brooks, the big dogs. They're going to be duking it out, and that's what they want to see. They want to see the biggest dogs in the world in a slugfest for the win, and that's exactly how they've set it up. And to a lesser extent, John Daly, which, by the way, something I was thinking about earlier that nobody brought up about the cart thing, he is a PGA championship, uh, championship winner, folks. I mean... Technically, the club can grant carte blanche whenever it wants to, to whomever it wants to, for whatever reason. And like you said, the PGA, if they know they're hurting for ratings or whatever, of course, I haven't heard of the last major John Daly teed it up in. Now, whether he's driving a cart or not, he's back in. We're talking about him. We know he's going to be on TV. I'm sure he's picked out some special loudmouth clothes for the tournament, and he, whether he makes a cut or not. I mean, it's 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 interesting. The he's last PGA championship I remember was him when they were up in Wisconsin at uh, Whistling Straits, and he drives like four balls in a row in the water and then throws his iron in right after it. That's the last time I can remember John Daly at a PGA. Yeah. And that was hilarious. That's Diego a Daly that classic right there. That is, yeah. I think, I'm pretty sure he won in San Diego that year too, so that's what kept him in the business of playing in the major tournaments. And, you know, those double-digit scores and throwing clubs, uh, they're always right around the corner. So, um, 
Zach, what should we talk about who we like for this tournament? I mean, the the one one thing real quick I want to address about the course because everyone, I mean, it, it's a long course. It's it's just a big course. So she's just like I asked somebody, what do you think of when you say Beth Page? You say black. I mean, it's just like kind of one of those like like tomato potato type things, but. One of the things I do love about this course is they have that sign there, that iconic sign that says caution, playing these tees or whatever. It's in a normal, like you're not allowed to, or like it's dangerous or it's hard. It's not in any fancy font. It looks like something OSHA put up there. And I remember like back in Band of Dunes back in the day, the starters were encouraged to ask people what their handicaps were because if you were an eight or higher, we wouldn't really let you play the tips or they would like highly shame you if you did. And I heard at St. Andrews, if you, you have to have a handicap because they'll put you on your tee according to your handicap, so to speak. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. But anyways, that being said, I love the fact that there's, and you don't see it in any other course ever, but there's a warning. It, it, this one doesn't say, well, it says caution. It's a cuidado. I mean, it just like, it's right there saying like, like, hello, this course is hard. You know, you bring tissues, you're going to get a nosebleed if you tee off from back here. So it's just that the Barclays has played there a few times. I mean, it's just, it's. It's only been used in the past 17 years. I'm really happy the PGA Championship's getting to it, and uh, it's really a course that, gosh, is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, who do you, Zach? Who do you, uh, who do you like in this tournament? So, my pick is basically related to, as you guys mentioned, how you need to be a long hitter to compete, and one of the top guys, and to me, one of the best players on tour who people are not talking about is Tony the Tiger Finau. What do you mean nobody's talking about him? Somebody picks him every tournament, I feel like. Nobody <laughs> talks about him. They don't put him up there with the other guys in the top ten. Okay. All right, fair. You know what? You might be the first one saying it so far, so I might I might agree with you in this. That, yes, nobody Yeah, I haven't seen anybody else pick him. Yet. I don't even think Dan on From the Back Tees picked him in our top 15. He puts Kokrak in there, but he didn't put Tony Finau in there. There you go. Jesus. No respect at all. I can't. <laughs> no. to Tony Finau is the Rodney Dangerfield of the PGA, I guess. That's just how it goes. No respect. Hey, can, you make a, can you make a bull shot? I mean, it's, I, I'm it's, just going to keep picking Finau and Matsuyama in every single major until they win, because it will happen. Well, with respects, at least Matsuyama can get you some PGA Tour victories. He has. I mean, it's like Tony is starting. Is Tony Finau the next Ricky Fowler or something? I mean, do we got to watch out in terms of like popularity and branding and talent or something? I mean, yeah, he's utterly likable. He's likable. He's got a real snuggly image. You can tell he's a decent guy at heart. I don't trust it. I, there's something about it I don't trust. You don't trust it. He's I, he's yet to become a big star, and if you look at like all his like social media accounts or whatever, they're managed by something else. It's just like I'm not saying he has the chops to be on social media or not, or it's a good idea if he is or not or whatever. But I look at like he seems to have like Tiger Woods management team, and he's not Tiger Woods yet. That's all I'm saying. Well, he's Mormon, so you know the Mormons are one of two ways. They're either super super sweet, like passionate, lovely, you know, by the book people. Or they're like Scientologists. I mean, it really, you can go either way with the Mormons. You know, they're either like Xenu infested bodies or they're like super duper good people. I have some Mormons in my family. Just wanted to make sure that I gave them credit. But no, some, you know, some of my best friends are Mormons, and I totally, I, I'm sure I heard that somewhere. I forgot the Mormon factor, but that actually definitely plays into something. I redact anything bad I say about uh, Tony. <laughs> The only bad, the only bad Mormon I know is Mitt Romney, and I still don't even have dirt on him. So, and the Mormons are like the mafia. If you talk too much trash about them, you're going to have like trash on your car when you come out in the driveway. Like they own all businesses. Yeah, we don't want the Mormons after us. Yeah. <laughs> Peace and love, Mormons. God bless you. <laughs> all love, all love. I'm sorry. So, Tony the Tiger Finau. What are his odds, Zach? Thirty-five to one, where I saw it. Hey, that's actually that's actually pretty good uh, ROI there. I mean, I know, put it all. Tony's gonna win a major, maybe two in his career. Absolutely, is this the one? Is this where we pick it? I mean, heck, Jason Duffner is a major. Happens to be a PGA Championship. So does Jason Day, Justin Thomas. These are some guys who are still, say for Duffner, maybe top shelf players. I mean, these are guys who, like, not to be confused with your Sean McKeels or other people, or, or like. Now, David Toms is pretty good back in the day, but I mean, other than his PGA Championship, he really didn't do anything except make a ton of money, like a la Tom Kite. But Finau, I 35 to one in this tournament. I was unaware of those numbers. That's actually very, very. Uh, uh, Zach, you said Ricky Fowler's what 20 to one odds? Yeah, 20. So let's have that quick discussion then. Fowler versus Finau, final pairing on Sunday. Do you really think Tony can take Ricky out? I do. I don't know. Ricky hasn't won either. 
Nah. But I mean, he's won tourneys. I mean, he's won five tourneys. He's closed at Phoenix this year, even after almost choking it up. I mean, he was like we were talking off air last Masters before the Tiger Masters when Patrick Reed won. He birdied the final hole to pretty much put himself in position to win. Oh, yeah. Reed just hung on for dear life. I, I dare say Ricky's been super duper close at how many majors? Like five or six in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean. Rick- these guys seem well, to all be such high quality that it doesn't affect them, the pressure of being at the end. I think there's been eight first-time winners on the tour this year. Like To yeah. me, I, I think it seems to not bother them. These guys have such good training and psychologists, whatever, sports therapists. But that very much, I think, speaks to how it's like how we used to call Ricky Fowler a choke job or, as I used to call him, a three-round tournament player. But now it's to the point where it's just like, oh, well, regardless of what he's doing or not doing, he's inching closer to that top rung. Like back when we were making fun of him, he was still a whole orbit out from being in that like proper ring. And now, guess what? He's more than knocking on the door. I'm sure that's that's not a hot take. That's not that's old news. Knocking on the door. This is the first time I'm ever saying it or ever doing it. I'm picking Ricky Fowler to win the PGA Championship outright, twenty to one. I don't care what the odds are. I think if whatever uh, New York love that like somehow osmosis is on to Phil, it's got to work for Ricky too. I mean, it's like the New Yorkers look at him as just like that California opossum weird creature armadillo coming at him. It's like, look at his hair and look at his style or whatever. We love him. Yeah, come hang out with us, you fly boy. I mean. The PGA would love it if Ricky Fowler won. That's That's obvious. They need an heir apparent to Tiger in the branding department. He obviously doesn't have Tiger's superhuman golf game, but he's the most marketable guy currently already. Look at how many advertisements that guy's on. It's like the Ricky Fowler show every time it goes to commercial. Like, you know, when he's in the last tourney we're watching, they go to commercial and there's like three Ricky Fowler ads in a row. Right. This guy's pitching everything. And so he obviously they he love him. Kids he love doesn't... him. Kids come dressed as him. My son is nine and he thinks he's the coolest guy on the tour. They would love – he's like got movie star star power to him. If he could start winning majors, Tiger could retire in the PGA and let him. Jerry you looks know. rattled for those who can't see. No, no, see. no. He said, it, he said it best. His nine-year-old loves Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler's been a professional golfer for about nine years. I mean, it's kind of like, did you hear what Tiger's kids said about Tiger when they finally saw him win the Masters? They said, oh, hey, he's not just that golfer on YouTube anymore that we saw winning majors. It, it really did happen. I mean, th- that's kind of like how I was trying to I got into an argument with my, well, not an argument, but kind of a debate with my mom the other day about Star Trek versus Star Wars, how I'm just like, Star Wars somehow overnight, thanks to Disney, I don't know, was able to not rebrand itself, but become appealing to the next generation without even having the parents tell the kids it was cool, because kids don't want to listen to what their parents are into, you know, usually it doesn't work that way, I mean, rebellion, whatever, but, um... That being said, it's like somehow kids got into Star Wars, and next thing you know, it's just like Star Wars is taking care of itself. So seeing like <coughs> kids being into Ricky Fowler's, kids being into Tiger Woods, and the only name to leave off that list in terms of marketability, and we all know who it is, but he's not around anymore, Arnold Palmer, those three people obviously like push that needle so much that it's like it's transcending, uh, I don't want to call them generations, it's called more like decades, so to speak, because Ricky Fowler is younger than me. He's in his early 30s, for crying out loud, I think. And he's yeah, just tour. 30. He's that perfect marriage between rebel image, like an Agassiz rebel image, without the Agassiz punk rock personality. Agassiz rankled the, the tennis world and all the stuffed shirts. Ricky Fowler is like a glad handing good old boy with all mm-hmm. the old guys. He can he, he's a gentleman. He's like a polished gentleman in his personal life. No dirt on him. No like, like I mean, he, he's almost unreal because all these other guys are such obvious jerkles in their personal lives. He's not, you know, and, but yet kids look at him, they go, rock star, X Games, rock and roll, you know, movie star, Johnny Depp. I mean, they, they, yeah. he's the Johnny Depp of the PGA Tour. He's managed to somehow, you know, have that kind of re- rebel image without having Johnny Depp's personal life. It's, oh, yeah. it's an amazing and, thing. And if we're still talking about, like, hashtag grow the game here, so to speak, if we're looking at, like, from a golf perspective or a purist perspective, uh, like, in, in terms of who the best champion should have been, wasn't it Justin Thomas a couple years ago? His dad being in the PGA, we know Justin Thomas is amazing and, and a jet fighter of a golfer for America or whatever, and he's going to win more majors. But he's only won that one. I hate to call the PGA Championship the major of obscurity, but I feel like that's the one everybody's won once. I mean, it's like, even though there's some more obscure U.S. Open winners out there, it's like, 
that guy named Jason Day, he might go to the grave with one PGA Championship as his only major. That seems kind of odd for a guy who you know could have won multiple US. Was it the PGA Championship Keimer won also? He won the US Open too, though. And he yeah. won that US Open. Any one of players. Any one of players. You know, that US Open that Kimer won. Kimer put the biggest egg on my face because when he won that US Open at Pebble Beach, he won it going away in like Tiger Woods style, like 10 or 11 like shots or 15 shots away ahead of everybody. If I was a writer at the time, I would have wrote what I thought was my Opus article saying, everyone welcome the Terminator. This crowd is going to mop us up because nobody, I was just like, the Germans know how to be steely-eyed like that and efficient. And we're going to be all screwed from here on out. And we haven't heard from him since. He's, he's actually it's injuries, you guys. Months. It's the Justin Thomas syndrome. It's injuries. You know, Keimer got hurt. JT got hurt. They play a violent athletic kind of game like Tiger does where they take big risks instead of just, you, you know, laying up when they need to. And they go back to that shot. It was JT trying to hit one over that tree and whacking that tree. And I remember watching that in real time and going, that's got to hurt. And that's been the lingering wrist injury that knocked him out. Guys like Keimer and JT take big risks. They're not going to play conservative. Hmm. Uh, They've taken that page out of Tiger's book. But the problem is Tiger can tell you that leads to a lifetime of pain and suffering and long droughts and slumps because your body rebels against that. So that's the price you pay. Real quick, uh, it's something I wanted to ask both you guys or whatever, just kind of a weird thing I'm thinking about, though. Wasn't Justin Thomas supposed to be, like, our, like, uh, post-trial golfer? Like, that year before he won the PGA Championship, I was already anointing him. Everyone, look at this guy. He's going to be great. He's on social media. Like, he went to Alabama. Like, you know, he talks a lot of trash. Like, he seems to be a real person and down-to-earth and fun and genuinely, uh, like, a good guy or whatever. And then now it's like, I mean, he only won the one major. I'm not saying his injuries, that's, that's anything or whatever, but his PGA Championship story is kind of like washed up on the rocks now. I mostly remember some of the negative things of him coming up in social media, like him chirping back and forth with the USGA or the PGA or whatever earlier in the year, even though he wasn't at fault or whatever. It's just like, hey, all I remember is you having a publicly bad conversation with a, a major association or entity. This isn't the, yeah, I like how JT speaks his mind, but it's like, no, sometimes dirty laundry is just still dirty laundry. We don't want to see your grievances, I mean, no matter how eloquently you speak. We also looked emotionally fragile at Genesis Open two years in a row. My son and I went to the last two years of Genesis at Riv, and two years ago he got a heckler ejected for cheering when his ball went in the bunker. And in granted, the bunker. That's, petty, that's petty and lame, hecklers. I, I, you know, I could, I, I'm writing a piece for From the Back Tees coming up about the most classic golf heckle moments oh, and the best classic best. golf meltdowns. That'll be coming soon. But, yay, your ball went in the bunker. Okay, you're drunk. You're spouting off. But JT got so rattled by that that he turned around and goes, buddy, your day's done. You're out of here. Get him out of here and chucks him out. Now, whether he had the right to do that or not, it was a bad optic for him. And he followed that up uh, this year by getting chippy with hecklers, too. And granted, Rory's been doing that, too, and he's not the only one. But it makes these guys look fragile, especially when combined with the fact that Rory similarly won majors in the past, and now he's not closing anymore. And you know these New York fans are going to be all over these dudes going up there knowing that they're fragile egotistically. That's one of the big ups for Tiger and Phil and these guys is that they are so used to that cauldron of smack talk that they almost draw power from it. Tiger says, "I get it gets me more amped up. It makes me want to prove my point to everybody like it should. I mean, he's nobody's a George really that pushed, way. Nobody's ever really pushed Tiger Woods around. Back in the day, he was dominant and had a little resistance. And nowadays, he's had to claw back, no pun intended. And I kind of like seeing the whole thing where it's just like, yeah, he is one of the – maybe it turns out he is one of the fellows in the locker room and likes to talk shit just as much as anyone else. We are seeing it like with him being more engaging with other tour players, so – so real quick, I know we don't have too much time here with Tucker, but uh, Tucker, who do you like for the PGA Championship? And if you say Jordan Spieth, I I want you to say Jordan Spieth. This is this is not. If he wins, I will retire from making picks ever. Go ahead. I called Jordan Spieth for Byron Nelson in a private thread last week with From the Back Tees listeners, just so you know. And he didn't do that bad. So I have to say, Jordan, there were moments where I was pulling for you last week, buddy. You're still not obviously back to your current form. No, I'm not picking Jordan. I will say, as you guys are talking about your picks, I'm still playing a tennis match in my head about who I honestly think my my 
mind tells me is going to win this versus my heart because you always want the person in your heart to win but that doesn't mean it's going to happen and of course my heart goes to tiger woods always my heart goes to ricky fowler because my family likes him and we're pulling for him it'd be awesome to see john daly win i love bubba watson these are people that i just have in my heart that i'd love to see win do i think any of those guys are definitely going to win no in fact, as much as I'd love to see Tiger back up his Masters win, this seems ripe for not necessarily a choke, but you know, a getting close but not getting it over kind of finish for him. Like I, I could see him finishing top five, maybe even being in the in the hunt on Sunday like he was at last year's PGA in St. Louis. But I don't I don't quite see him in my mind having enough chutzpah after all the hangover from what he's just gone through to get it done again. Now, if he's now, if I'm wrong about that, awesome. I love you, Tiger. I always want to see you win. I have a feeling, you know, and Dan on from the back tees picked Rom as kind of the most logical guy to win right now because he's another big bomber that's playing great, coming off a win, been close at majors. I think a guy like Rom is going to win. I don't think it is Rom, but I think it's a guy like Rom. And I think that guy, in my mind, it seems like it's either Dustin Johnson or Brooks Kepka. And the reason mm-hmm. I think... Kepka is Kepka's obviously the best closer in majors we've seen in the last couple years. He faced down Tiger last year at Bell Reeve and got it done. So Ron Mintz, who I just interviewed, he picked Kepka. I think that's a safe bet. Oh, he, did. Nice. he did. Ron says done deal. It's Kepka. He's sure of it. I think Dustin Johnson seems like a logical pick because he's got major type game. He choked at the majors early on. He finally closed in a major a couple years ago on a hard, long course like this. And I don't think that Beth Page this year, in this month, with all the things we've said, is as difficult as Oakmont was for that U.S. Open that year that he won. So I think if we're mm-hmm. just looking at Dustin Johnson has been winning tournaments again this year. He's got 19 tour wins but one major. That just doesn't seem right. It seems like Dustin Johnson is the most logical guy to get at least a couple more majors and put himself in you know golf history versus just being that guy that won a ton of you know, normal tournaments and choked at three majors and then finally nicked one. That doesn't sound right for him. So I'm going to say, I think it's probably going to be Dustin Johnson. Brooks Kepka wouldn't surprise me. Tiger will probably be right there in the mix. That's my, those are my picks. I like that. I mean, not to, not to like, I feel like it's pretty easy because especially with the way we've been talking, spouting rhetoric about how the majors play and how Beth Page Black is and how certain people are playing a certain way. I'm cool with all that, but at the same time, yeah, it's like it's just like yeah, my boy DJ is a great candidate to win this, and like I'm picking Ricky and Phil, and then beyond that, I'm just like yeah, I, I can't nace any Tiger here, and it's not even for the narrative; it's it's literally for the setup. I mean, for like all the times Tiger's won this month or whatever was when the PJ was moved. Or, I, I, there's all sorts of stats out there. So, uh, so um, Zach, and who do you like for the tournament? Me, uh, Tony Fino. But, 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 but who else? Come on. You can't just have one bad horse to ride. Oh, well, besides Fino, I feel like I got to go DJ, too. It would be great to see him win. Like you said, he has 19 wins, but somehow just one major, and he's been screwed over multiple times trying to win one. Rom, I could see winning, but at the same time, it's like if one bad thing happens, that's it for him. If he hits one ball in the water, he can't win. You know, I wasn't going to make this a subject of a tangent, but I mean, it was something Tucker said and it uh, elicited the question to me. I'll just throw it out there before we wrap it up with Tucker here real quick is we're going to keep saying this about Rom, but what major is he going to win first and where? I mean, he's obviously got the game and like much like a, a piece of wood getting whittled down, it's getting closer to the shape it needs to be. Other than him being young and having these quote blow up moments or immature moments, I think John Rahm has a very complete golf game. Like, it's, I think yeah. it's going to be a British Open. Open. I think it's a British Open and I'll tell you why. Not as much water, a lot of easier ways to escape trouble, and it's freezing cold in most of these things, so when he runs hot, the cold winds will cool him down. But you're right, it's his mental mush, and, and his he runs so fiery hot when he doesn't do right. And granted, I'm the same way on a golf course, and I'll never, ever hit one ball as nice as John Rahm hits 98% of his. But oh, yeah. I get so mad at any time anything goes sideways on me at all. But we watched it in Masters. He was hanging tough mm-hmm. throughout the Masters. And then he absolutely fell apart because of a couple bad drives. Tiger, on the other hand, drove it into crap and got out of trouble. That's the difference between those two guys in that tournament. 
Oh, sure. And I just, I hate it, like, and, they, and Jordan Spieth and the media and us is the poster child for this. And I don't want it to happen to Ron, but I feel like half of his maturity and mental issues is us talking about it, really. Like, it, it, it's obviously not that. It's, it's, everyone has mental pressure on freaking tour. I mean, it's just like, I feel like fighter pilots might have it easier trying to land on aircraft carriers just in terms of margins, so to speak. I mean, it's it, that's life or death, obviously. Well, compare him to Fowler at Phoenix Open this year. Fowler had so many bad breaks, and that guy stayed so stoic. You know yeah. he was dealing, but he stayed so present. John Fowler would have lost that by 10 strokes after the bad breaks that Fowler got. That's the difference between those two. Valid. That's why I say. That's why I, I really like I'm asserting that it's only half. Like I'd say, like half of it is still him being what 23, 24, and fiery and making blow up mistakes, and the other half is us getting right up his tailpipe for it. When a part of me is just like, hey, that's why I always said about Jordan Speed. Can we leave him alone for a couple of years? Because I don't think this is going to help. And now there's lots of talk. I've been listening to a lot of golf pundits. There's lots of talk. We might not see Jordan Speed like really ever win again. Because his ball striking is so off the chains, and if he can't drive it well, he's not going to win at any tournament ever. It's, it's like, what is it? Was Jordan Spieth, like, literally Johnny Miller or something? I mean, like, how we look back, where it's like, who was that guy who was really good for two years? Like, really good. I don't. I know what he needs, after. guys. He needs some CBD gum to chomp on, like Tiger and Phil. Just get this guy chomping CBD gum. It'll totally chill him out. Seriously. We all know Phil was, Phil was hitting the eye, eye pipette thing or whatever, like the little eyedropper. I mean, we saw him taking hits off of that, so... Uh... <laughs> Anyways, uh, Zach, we can. Uh, how do you want to do this? You want to bid Tucker a do, and then we keep rolling, or do you want to uh, take a little bit of a break here? Yeah, if uh, Tucker's got to go, then we could move on to some Twitter questions. Yeah, we'll make it sound professional, saying our celebrity uh, staffer Tucker has a heart out, so he has to uh, get to some. Uh... I heard the Portland Trailblazers are playing Game One tonight. It's actually tipped off recently, so. As an Oregon dude, bro, I have to give my shout-outs now, and the first one is going to Rip City, not just because they came back from a 3-2 deficit to the Nuggets and closed Game 7 in a humongous comeback, one of the biggest ones in playoff history, but really because I hate the Warriors. I mean, I hate <laughs> I hate the Warriors. Don't we all? And, yeah, if you're not from <laughs> Oakland, you hate them. I, Durant is hurt. Steph's got a jacked-up finger. Mm-hmm. And I don't trust defense. Yeah, and I don't trust them on defense, and I don't trust jacking up threes. I never will. You can do it every year till the end of time, guys. It will fail you eventually. It's just common logic. I love what the Blazers are doing. They're playing team basketball. They're playing it the right way. They're playing it the old school way. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling it right now. Finals are going to be Blazers versus the Raptors. You heard me say it. Oh, Vegas, is- Vegas can scoff all they want. It's going to be Rip City versus Rap City. You heard me. It's going down in the finals. Rip City versus Rap City. You heard it here first. They're probably going to have to go seven games of Warriors to get there. But I guarantee you, hurt Kevin Durant, if he comes back in this series, he's hobbling around like Willis Reed. And without Kevin Durant and without Boogie Cousins, <laughs> I think it's a pretty even matchup. Oh, All right. Well, one more shout-out before I go. I got to yeah, give love to Ron Mintz. Got to give love to Ron Mintz. Ron Mintz was such a great interview. Check out the new Ron Mintz interview. We did an audio recording uh, of Ron with me this week. Super duper awesome guy. Definitely give Ron Mintz a follow on Twitter. Also, we got great stuff coming up. My Peter Kessler piece that we talked about on the last podcast is almost done. That will be dropping this weekend. Uh, Had to do a little more verifying, a little more research on that, but it's going to be a hot one. So check out the Kessler piece coming up. And we got big people on the horizon. I want to give a special shout out to Michael Whalen, former executive producer at the Golf Channel. Whalen has been such a huge helper. Thank you, Mike, for all of the mentoring and help you have given me this last couple of weeks. We got bigger guests than that coming up. I don't want to let too much out of the bag, but just know we got Olympic gold medalists coming up. We got major broadcasters coming up. Stay dialed in. Rappers don't golf. Hashtag rappers don't golf. On from the back tees. Thank you guys for having me. Super duper appreciate it. Tucker, what's your what's your Twitter handle? Because uh, Tucker's a hell of a Twitter follow too, and he'll do the same to you. Right on. Yeah, it's Tucker Dale Booth, all lowercase. Tucker D A L E B O O T H. Tucker Dale Booth on Twitter. If you want to check out all my music links, just run the hashtag T D B music for tucker dale booth tdb music hashtag rappers don't golf just about everything comes up oh and one last shout out my record label tantrum niche records 
My albums are all free on there. Everything on the entire website is in, is entirely free, and we're talking over 20 albums of amazing music. Tantrum like a temper tantrum, niche or niche, however you pronounce it, N-I-C-H-E, tantrumniche.com. Every single thing there is free. We exist entirely off of your donations on PayPal on the site. We're obviously grateful when people donate, but we're more enthused to get the music out to you. So check us out, tantrumniche.com. All right, boys. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Tucker. Get it done. Come on, Tucker. Get it done. All right, Tucker. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thanks for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Peace out, boys. All right. Late. That was was Tucker, Dale Booth. And that's the first time we've ever had a Skype exit. (laughs) Mid-show. People should just be proud we didn't accidentally lose both of us and just have dead air. Even though considering I uh, I made uh, I made a, a, a dire mistake and uh, had to create another Gmail account to and delete Skype and start it over again to work, but Zach, this new internet's working great for me so far. I have not seen one poor connection yet. Um, yeah. As I told you, it's 15 times stronger. I use Spectrum, but um, shout out yeah, Spectrum. So the <laughs> so um, there's not too much for us to talk about. Uh, you said we got some. Um, let me write this a little note here. You said we got some Twitter questions, and I did not even research them at all. I'm just going to let you pepper them at me. And I got a fun little Beth Page Canadian factoid for you, even though I don't want to give too much away. I like that. You're going to take over the Canadian fun fact this week. I doubt it. I really doubt it. And I hope I didn't give too much away. But, uh, but uh, what do you got for our Twitter questions so far? So our first question is by our Tiger guy, Nolan. He said, it's not really a question. Well, it sort of is. It's if Tiger wins, and then a thinking emoji, what's going to go down? <laughs> Pandemonium. It's, uh, yeah, are we playing uh, what's the word on PTI? So you pick one word. Um, I, you know what? I forgot to mention it, and I not to like, break anyone's heart or like to infuriate Tucker or anything when he was uh, on with us a second ago. Is it wrong of me to want Tiger to miss the cut? Or to have, like, I don't want him to be injured, like, because, like I said, my whole goal is for him to play healthy or whatever. But is it wrong of me for him to want, I want him to miss the cut, because if he makes the cut and he doesn't win the tournament, which is still there's probabilities that he won't, isn't it going to just break all our little hearts to pieces? I mean. No, I mean, I think if he has a top five finish, that would be an incredible finish and really, like, justify his spot as maybe the best golfer playing now. No, Zach, no. I've seen enough of Tiger to know that he's the only golfer capable of doing this in our lifetimes where I'm obsessed with somebody winning the uh, calendar grand slam now, like, like getting them all in one year in a row. I mean, and tiger's the only man suitable to do it. And guess what? Any year he won the damn masters. When anyone wins the masters, I put them on grand slam watch. And I always get my heart broken when they don't come through in the U S open, say for tiger and O2 and uh, other, I mean, oh my so now you get to have your heart broken at the PGA championship. That's why I am putting my flag in, t- in Camp Phil on this one. This is going to be Phil Mickelson's... Uh, this is going to be his one U.S. Open. I mean, was... I mean I, I'm picking Fowler more so as my as my overall winner, but when I saw Phil Mickelson's odds going off at 70-1, to 1, that is just the epitome of juicy. And uh, and I know, we're, I know we're getting away from uh, Nolan's question a bit, but I mean, it's uh, Tiger... God, I want him to win. I want him to win. I want the narrative to keep going. I want him to... Because... I feel like him winning the Masters already is enough drive for him to kick his own butt for the next three majors. And I know for a fact that if he wins this major, that if he wins the Masters, which he did, and he wins the PGA Championship, if he does, then what? What? Not to say like the guy who presses a lot or has a ton of mental stress or whatever. What do you think is going to be going through that cat's mind when he, when he's just like nobody adjusts their brain in like high octane situations than Tiger Woods? Like like Tucker just said, like he does better when he's pushed around a little bit, and and nobody's pushed him harder than himself or maybe his old man. So I mean, I it it took honestly it took a lot of guts for me personally not to pick Tiger to win because I really want him to win. I want him to win this tournament just because I want the story of golf to always be as good as it can be. And when Tiger's winning, it's the best we got right now. I mean, we can have a one-and-done winner. We can have Mr. No-Namer, Mr. 5,000th in the world come up. And, like, his parents just died in a car wreck the week before, and this is all just going to work out perfectly. Guess what? That guy's only going to win one major. And we're ne- Whoops. That guy's only going to win one major, and we're never going to hear from him again. And it's going to be a great story, but golf is littered with too much of that. 
We need superstars. It's not like Kevin Durant only has a good season every fourth year he plays. He has good years and good, and, and so long as he's healthy, whenever he suits it up, he's a pro athlete and he delivers. Golf's a lot harder, especially with talent and the parity in the field. But that being said, when Tiger's set up for success, like, as I told you, when Tiger wins, the golf world wins, and we all win if we're into golf. Yeah. More money, more attention, more everything is poured into golf if Tiger wins. Therefore, do it. I mean, I happen to be lucky, and I'd be, I'm in a recession-proof job. But that's still not to say it's just not Tiger. So what would happen, though, if he wins? What's the narrative on Monday? The narrative on Monday is that, gosh, I... I you thought the world melted down Monday after Augusta? My God, what's going to happen the Monday after he wins the PGA Championship? He'd be number one in the world? I think I'm going to treat it, no. If he wins? On, on all our, in all our hearts and minds, and probably how we would do the ranking system proper, he should be, or he could, I don't know how the numbers could work out per se, but wouldn't he, he would be the number one golf in the world for sure, because like, if we're encapsulating it right now, but I feel like if, if Tiger Woods were to win the PGA Championship while everyone's walking around in Malays, I'm going to be walking around like that guy who said, hey, I knew I was going to have lasagna tonight, and I can't wait for it. Where it's just kind of like, this is a great thing, and I'm really looking forward to it. That's why I don't want to come home and be like, where's the goddamn lasagna? It's like, no, we didn't have any. And just like, well, why'd you say lasagna? I mean, just, that's, the, Tiger Woods is my lasagna. That's what and we that's got to that. that. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> that's what we need a shirt. Tiger Woods is my lasagna. No, we, we can do we can do better. Which, by the way, I wanted to mention. Um, now that it's just you and I talking for a second, um, I uh, I'm not sure if anybody from the uh, podcast one platform, even though I know we're with sports, uh, Michigan Sports Entertainment, and we appreciate them giving us the opportunity all the time to do what we can do, whether we're under their flag or not. Um, I've been listening to the Adam Carolla Show podcast for ten years now, and that's no surprise to anyone who's been a listener of this show. And that's always been my um, inspiration for doing a correct radio style, Howard Stern style, whatever podcast or TV show or radio show or whatever. Just something where we can keep doling out the golf to everybody as much as we can. And that being said, I finally, I happen to see, the, the, I didn't fill you on this, so here's the story of how I got in touch with the Adam Carolla guys recently. Um, I was just uh, farting around on Twitter and I saw that the Adam Carolla show Twitter feed follows Rock Bottom Golf. And I'm just kind of like, Rock Bottom Golf? that used golf website that I used to compete against when I worked for Carlsbad Golf Center. Yeah, like, I don't even know them. Accounts. Like, it, they're just one of dozens of uh, online used golf club retailers. Okay. You know, all, all the numbers are the same. Everyone has the same, like, system for coding and for, like, use of clubs or whatever. But anyways, I just, not angrily, but I tweeted the Adam Corolla show and, like, mostly Cavs going, why are you guys following Rock Bottom Golf? Who's the golf fan on site on staff there? I know all you guys damn near personally. I've been to many shows. I know all your bios. Nobody talks about golf. Who's the golf fan on the show? And then I put in parentheses, because I wouldn't mind hooking you guys up with some swag. Because I know for a fact these guys, they don't get swag, but all the crew that work there, all the producers and whatnot, they all wear like the free Corolla Show t-shirts that are around there or whatever, and Adam makes fun of them all the time for it. Just like, oh, you can tell who works here because they're wearing my free stuff that they just found in a bag over there or whatever. Like, oh, look, another t-shirt. It's clean. I'll wear it. So I started thinking to myself, what if some of those t-shirts said from the back tees? And then it turns out the one of the kids, his name's Dylan Wren, um, and it's funny because he and I got into a debate on Twitter a couple months ago about, about me saying Parks and Rec is better than The Office. I know I'm the only one who says that, but it was a pretty good debate, and despite us disagreeing vehemently, we were laughing about it and having a good time, and Dylan's a nice guy. And uh, and I know one of the other producers, this guy named Gary, they both golf, but they golf like, well, as far as I know, Gary, when he talked about it, it was like once a month. And like, they probably just play like some Munir. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to assume. My life is golf. So I don't want to assume anyone who their life isn't golf. I don't know what their relationship is with it. Or, or what your relationship is with it, Zach. I mean, you just don't know unless you're out there with them every day or whatever. Anyways, long story boring. Um, uh, Dylan from the Corolla Show hits me up, just saying like, "Hey man, were you serious about that free swag?" Because like a few of the other guys here, like as I saw on Twitter, they're also putting their hands up, going free swag, yes please. And I'm just like, oh my god, what I get myself into. But then they said like, "Hey, we'll send you a ton of Corolla stuff or whatever." And I was just like, "Whoa, slow down." I mean, I didn't say "Whoa, slow down." I was just kind of like, "Oh, I'm a big fan. I got Corolla stuff. I mean, this is this is great." He even invited us to go play golf with them in LA sometime. But the whole thing I'm trying to get at is they're not golfers. This is just some fellas trying to have a good time or whatever. The Adam Carolla show 
is on Podcast One Podcast Network. I don't even know what that is because I just subscribe to the shows individually. But I guess Podcast One, like Shaquille O'Neal has a podcast on there. Everybody has a podcast on Podcast One. It's like the biggest podcast network. But since it's still free, who cares what your network is, so to speak? I'm still learning the business myself. I don't want to be blasphemous. But needless to say, we're talking to the Corolla Show guys. And um, <clears throat> I got a few shirt sizes from them. They gave me their address to send them some stuff. And uh, they said, hey, they were telling me, it's like, hey, uh, what's your address? We'll start sending you stuff or whatever, too. And I'm, and I'm sitting there like, oh, let me, let me talk to my boss real quick. And then I, that's what I was telling you. And here I'm filling you in on some of the gaps, so. So now people got a nice recap of how the podcast industry works. So to speak. Well, at least in terms of like swag on swag crime. But uh, but I just thought that was something funny in terms of, I know that we'll never get mentioned on the show at all because these guys that I'm talking to, they never even get their voice on the show and they're considered by on Corolla status like the lackeys and that they mess up all the time. But I look at it as production. Like what you and I do and what we like to do, they do it too, but for a different theme of something. Yeah. And it turns out in the end, we all have the same sense of humor and we're all into the same stuff. So it's like, yeah, why don't we have some fun with it? So, you uh, is there any other Twitter questions? Exactly. So yeah, I have one more Twitter question for you. It's by the good, the bad, and not sure the rest of it, but <laughs> the sequel. I know those guys. The good, the bad, the sequel, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're uh, they're uh, movie podcasters who only do movie sequels. It's pretty funny, and usually most movie sequels are bad. But the thing is, they won't do a movie sequel episode unless they actually get an interview from somebody from the movie. And recently, they just did Police Academy Six, and they got the guy that uh, they got Lance Kinsey, the guy who played Proctor. I'm just like, you got Proctor. Like he's not a big actor, but I remember Proctor from Police Academy. He was in every Police Academy movie. That guy was funny. So I mean, these guys are. They just did a. a I'm not a fan of Home Alone Three. Their podcast is pretty good, but uh, I haven't listened to their latest podcast, but that was their latest one was, uh, yeah, The Good, The Bad, The Sequel. These guys are pretty funny. I like them. I forget their names off the top of my head, but it's a new podcast I'm listening to. Yes, so their question is, sleepers, question mark, I'm talking long shots by betting standards, over 100 to 1. They like Furick, saying that he's had a few strong outings this year, and that they think he could keep it in the fairway, which is definitely key at Bethpage. Mm-hmm. Like that. Uh, did you ever happen to pick up? Um, that is very good. Except I hate to say it, that whole thing I was talking about the tenth hole at Bethpage. Not to say one hole is going to ruin your scorecard, but you got to get out of there somehow. And Furyk, he can't hit it like over two fifty in the air right now. I mean, that's just the way he drives the ball. Sorry. Um, did you happen to come up with John Daly's odds or something? Is it a thousand? He's eleven hundred to one. Woo! Even better. There's your sleeper, folks. Is that your sleeper? That's bold. No. No. Okay. No. Unfortunately, I'm looking at old odds here, like I was telling you, but um, there was somebody, who was it? Uh, go ahead and uh, I tell you what, Zach, who's I'll, your sleeper? I'll give mine, so hopefully I could steal yours under you. Mine's going to be at 130 to 1, Cameron Smith. He's a pretty... 131, Cam Smith. That's bold. I yeah, like he's that. pretty accurate. He has one win this year on the European Tour, so he's been in the winner's circle. He has four top tens. So he definitely has shown he could contend. I guess part of his odds is that at the Heritage, he missed the cut. And the two before that, the Masters and at the Players, he didn't have too good of a finish. But at 130 to 1, I think he's one of the guys who could definitely win. That is true, yes. Um, and not John Daly. Definitely not. And not John Daly. Let's see. I'm going through the names here of the prior winners and this, that, the other. Steve Stricker's looking awfully hot. He just won his uh, first Champions Tour major recently. Uh, well, let me see what Steve Stricker's popping out, even though I got old odds here from Odd Shark for some reason. Uh, we got Steve Stricker at 150 to 1. How do you like that? that 150? Be... I don't hate that. There's a lot of people who hit the ball a lot shorter than Steve Stricker, and that guy is tough as nails. So that's, there's a really good pick. I mean, I like that. Steve Stricker, 151. And these are old odds, like I said. I bet you he's 175 or 201. He has to be. I don't know why Odd Shark is shorting me like this. And and I hate to keep going to them this one time, but... Yeah, I don't yeah. hate that. I don't hate that at all. You got the defending champion, Lucas... Not not the defending champion, a past champion, Lucas Glover. He's 100 to 1, which is pretty surprising to me. He's been great this year. That is very interesting because I just happened to look at his name here on this old list, and this old list has him at 150 to one. So, folks, make sure you figure out your returns as best as you can. Um, 
All right, so that was a good Twitter question. Zach has a Canadian fun fact of the week, but I might have already buried the lead on this, but I wanted to uh, bring up uh, in the 2009 U.S. Open, which was held at Beth Page Black, the tournament okay. Lucas Glover won, at six under in the first round of the two-shot lead was this golfer. Who was it? What year did he say? I messed this all up. See, I, I felt I buried the lead early on. Okay, let me just throw this out to you. There was a certain golfer that you know and like who in 2009, the second year they played the U.S. Open at uh, Bethpage, he led in the first round at 6-under, a 65. And I don't have the rest of the re- – I, I should have done more research. I've been working a lot lately to see how he finished in the tournament. But he did not win this tournament. He's a prior major winner and not much else. Who led the 2009 U.S. Open after Thursday? Wait, that has to be Mike Weir, doesn't it? It is. That's. I told you I messed that up. If you didn't say, if you didn't say the prior major winner, I would have guessed like Adam Hadwin. Maybe I think he was around in 2009. Yeah, but the sheer fact that like like Mike Weir fell off the globe in 03 or 04, and in 09 he was leading the U.S. Open after the first round with a robust 65, mind you, in a very very crappy weather U.S. Open on a very tough course. Yeah, we have we have one Canadian golfer, so he's basically it. He's the only guest to every trivia question. Yeah, and it, it, but it's good because he beat Phil Mickelson in terms of the lefty category too. I mean, that's that's always a fun one. So that's true. So what do you? Uh, last thing is for you, Canadian fun fact. What do you got? For so us? I got one. My Canadian fun fact this week is another quiz style edition. What do you think is the coldest temperature ever recorded in Canada, in centigrade? Oh, okay. I was about to say if it's in centigrade, that's or in Fahrenheit. I have it in Fahrenheit. Okay, I'm going to have to guess it in Fahrenheit because Americans uh, are stuck on Imperial. Um, it was recorded in 1947. And where was it recorded at? Do you have, does it happen to say location? No. Because so, that would have helped you. Not to say that I have one, one more. But hold on. It could. Because, I mean, hold on. It could. Um, now, I'm not going to say if there was wind chill factor involved or whatever, but um, I'm going to say... The coldest it's ever been in Canada in 19, who cares, was, it's got to be something like negative 80 degrees. Do you want to give an exact answer? That was it, negative 80. You go negative 80 on the dot? Yeah. Negative 81.4, so close. (laughs) By far your closest guess yet. Oh, I wasn't going to get into decimal, so I was never going to be on. But, yeah, thank you. You heard it here, folks. Since I know my Fahrenheit in Canada, you know Phil or Ricky is going to win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was by oh, far good. your best guess. Oh, that's great. That's good stuff, man. So, uh, anything else you want to cover? Uh, we're uh, going on about, eh, well, this podcast is almost an hour. So, I mean, but we had our first half with uh, Tucker, which was awesome. We did about 39 minutes with him, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean, I have exciting news for you. Well, pretty exciting news. Do you know who's going to be on our podcast on the one after? He's a certain Tiger fan. Oh, who is it? Nolan. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, now he, Nolan's going to hear this, and you're going to make some disappointment come out in my voice somehow because I didn't know who you were talking about. I'm like, oh, it's just Nolan. I'm no, going to auto-tune you down oh, into please. a sobbing yeah, voice. <laughs> well, that's why, folks... Uh, ZP is the editor-in-chief for a reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's literally the editor. <laughs> the great editing on this podcast is all me. If anyone's looking to hire an editor, you, you know where to find well, me. Well, until Zach wants to like move to my neck of the woods and we build a studio and then he finds a job doing something or whatever, I mean, we're just going to have to do it like this. <laughs> exactly. All right, brother. Well, uh, is there anything else, anything you want to plug before we get going here or... Uh... No, nothing to plug. Our our new merch is available on the site. You guys could check it out. I guess we were able to reduce the prices greatly, which was the biggest thing for me. Because we got a new new supplier. Because, yeah, before it was way too much. I've always had the idea to have, like, a price point of around 25 bucks for a shirt, so... Yeah, I mean, as so long as, like, I mean, in this day and age... Because, God, I have so many Link Soul TV... TV, excuse me, take two. 
I have so many Link Soul t-shirts, and, like, they feel so nice that part of me is just like, I can vouch, like, 25, 30 bucks for a t-shirt, but beyond that, it's starting to ask for it, and I better be getting some for that t-shirt, so. Yeah, exactly. I know I, I, know I got me many shirts, and uh, no, Dylan from the Corolla Show, you're not going to be getting my swag box, I'm not going to be re-gifting it to you, we're going to put something together for you. And uh, it's just going to take some time because, like, heck, as I told Zach, I went to the website and I bought a bunch of stuff legit. I mean, it takes time. So that's right. Oh, and my my mother uh, has been wearing her from the back tees hat everywhere. That looks good. I saw amazing. She's rocking. Oh yeah, it. that was that. That was at the that picture on Twitter was at the uh, uh, McMinimums Roseburg Station in Roseburg, Oregon. We had a little whiskey flight, a little beer flight, and uh, that's actually what I was drinking right now. It was one of those beers from that night or from that lunch. So. A one. <laughs> Alrighty, well, if that's if, uh, where can uh, people find us? Just and uh, people know where to find us, but where can people find you, Zach? Yeah, I mean, they've probably caught on by now, but you can find us at From the Back Tees on Twitter, and Jerry, you can find him at at Jerry Looper One. And this was our uh, PGA Championship recap. We like to mix it up. That's kind of the whole point of all this, and. Uh, We'll see you next week, folks.